Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And it has been a really long time. I think it's been close to a year since the last episode of Reiki Radio. But as we all know, a lot has happened in the world. Um, It feels good, though, to finally come back to reconnect with community in this way, to have beautiful conversations with different teachers, healers, authors from all over the world, and to be able to learn from the work of so many people and then be able to share this work with all of you. So I am very thankful to be back. I am thankful to you listening for tuning in again. If you are new to Reiki Radio, welcome. Um, It is a a space where we have conversations across the board. I really like to share and highlight anything, any topic, any technique, um, any teacher that will support you in your own journey, your own path of self-healing, self-transformation, getting to know yourself and understand yourself in deeper, more beautiful ways. So with that, I am very excited to share with you uh, today's episode. I got to meet and have a beautiful conversation with this teacher named Tracy Stanley, who is also an author of a book called Radiant Rest. And she is a teacher of Yoga Nidra. Now, I just want to share with you if you've never heard of Yoga Nidra, or maybe if you have, um, a lot of it people think of it as this form of yoga where you just lay there and rest and sleep. And I only personally had one experience with it prior to speaking to Tracy. And I just remember it being very restful, um, very relaxing. But I learned so much more about the benefits of this work after reading her book and after the conversation you'll hear. But why I think this is such a timely and important conversation for all of us is because you may not recognize just how exhausted you are. Um, A lot of us are deprived of sleep. A lot of us just aren't even able to rest while we're awake. Like we're carrying so much stress, so much tension, so much trauma in the body. And so we really aren't resting deeply, whether we're awake, asleep, or otherwise, and it's having an effect on us. So what we learned from Tracy today will be very beneficial for all of us across the board and for various reasons. And if you would like to learn more about her work, if you would like to order her book, if you would like to join her in some workshops, a lot of them are online. You can visit her website, which is tracyyoga.com, that's T-R-A-C-E-E, yoga.com, or you can visit radiantrest.com, and again, those um, links will be down in the show description. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I want to thank Tracy again for joining me for the return of Reiki Radio, and I look forward to connecting with you all on the other side. So today on Reiki Radio, we have a beautiful guest, Tracy Stanley, the author of Radiant Rest. Uh, Tracy, I want to thank you, first of all, so much for taking the time 
to come and have this conversation today. Of course, it's my honor to be here. Thank you so much, Yolanda. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I have to tell you, um, when I saw the title of the book, I was really curious just because I've only been to a yoga nidra guided event once. And so I didn't know much about mm. the background and um, all of the information of what I've learned in your book about the practice. And I want to go deeper into that because I'm sure a lot of people don't understand a lot about the benefit around this practice or what it even is. But before we get into that, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the state that we're all in right now, because that really leads into mm. how this could be so useful for all of us. Um, for so many, obviously, the past year and a half has been a lot, um, a lot of people stressed and uh, restless in these things. And you speak about in the book, even in the very beginning and a little bit throughout, you talk about um, the effects on us of sleep deprivation, how a lot of us aren't able to rest even in a waking state because of different stressors and um, fear even or trauma that we may be carrying. So before we get into the actual practice, can you just share a little bit about what is going on with us collectively and why this work is so important? Mm. Well, as you just said, we've been in uh, really a collective trauma for um, the last year and a half. And I think that we all process that differently. Some of us can feel like, oh, I'm just brushing it off and moving on. Others of us are, you know, internalizing um, and feeling and being really present to what's happening. And it is a lot on many different fronts. So, you know, as we're talking today, there is this incredible, devastating crisis that's happening in India. And, you know, what we need to recognize is that we are not separate from any crisis that's happening anywhere. We should be just as concerned with what is happening in India as if it was happening here in the United States or in Europe or wherever it is that you're listening from. And so I think the, the thing that we are going through is one thing and the long-term effect of what is going to be the result of that is another thing. You know, it's the thing that hasn't caught up to us yet from everything that has been happening um, with racism really being shown for what it is and and so many people's eyes being open just for the first time mm -hmm. and then others of us being re-traumatized by all of the things that we're seeing we really are i feel going to be in this collective place of ptsd yeah and so you know there's so many different things that I could say, but the, the thing that I think is most important is how are we healing? How are we taking care of ourselves in this time? 
And one of the most profound ways in which not only does the mind receive the ability to process information and to release experiences is through the practice of sleeping, through the practice of rest. And that's more than just, um, you know, what we do at night. It's really being intentional in how we practice, right? And that everything that we do has potential to be healing or it has the potential to just continue kind of the patterns that we've put in place for whatever reasons we've put them in place. And that's a whole nother conversation, right? Um, But it's just a way for us to be able to look inward, to rest the body, to rest the mind, to rest the spirit. There's so many different um, things that I think are needed in this time. And we really have to be intentional with everything. It's like, is this conversation that I'm going to have with this friend, is it healing? Is it generative? Does it feel depleting? Am I feeling exhausted? You know, all of the activities that we do. Um, I think we just have to really be awake and aware of what's happening around us and what we're doing. Absolutely. And so much of what you just shared um, reminds me of a part in your book that I do want to come back to later, but your householder's prayer, that was so beautiful. And I do want to touch on that. What you said just reminded me of that. But um, also to what you were sharing, I think there are so many people now who one, are re-traumatized or being triggered in ways that they didn't recognize what they were carrying for so long. Um, A lot has been amplified for us. I think some huge mirrors have been um, held up for us, again, collectively in so many ways. And um, it is affecting us hugely. And it's interesting, even you uh, mentioning the aspect of race, and you mentioned this in the book as well. And I related, uh, obviously related the race-related stress, but it was so interesting with so much that came up this year. I started recognizing this anxiety about just going out to Starbucks because of the um, tension that was going on in our country. And I live in Southern California and it's not as diverse as, you know, other places may be. And for unrelated reasons, I had to go to DC um, to visit my family. And I ended up being there for seven months, but it's far more diverse, diverse there. And um, I remember I got off the plane. It was just, I realized the stress that Mm -hmm. I was carrying and it just kind of started to melt off just because of the environment I was in. So there was so much in your book that really, really hit home, but really highlighted the importance of the nature of our rest. So speaking of that, I just wanted to ask if you can share with us, and I'm also curious how you even came into this work and into this practice, but can you share with the people listening what yoga nidra is and how it's different than just the sleep that we tend to think about? Mm. Yeah, so I'll start with how I came into this practice. So you know, 20 something years ago, um, I was sitting with a teacher in a satsang, which is kind of like a, a Dharma talk. And at the end of the practice, he asked us to lay down. And I had been practicing yoga asana for 
you know, five, six years at that point. Um, and I thought, oh, this is strange. We're going to be laying down without doing any movements. <laughs> and we laid down and he progressively guided us through these kind of systematic deep relaxation techniques where we systematically relax the body from the toes all the way up to the top of the head. And before I knew it, I was coming back and I was like, wait, what just happened? Mm -hmm. Like this, something happened. I'm looking at my watch and it's a half an hour later than when we started. And the last thing that I remember him saying was something like right elbow, <laughs> right? <laughs> but what I, what I really came away with was this deep sense of peace and bliss and inner calm that was not coming from some outside source. Mm -hmm. It didn't really even feel like an effect of the practice in the way that sometimes when we move our bodies in yoga asana, we can feel like, oh yes, I feel like this stretch or I feel this release. It felt like something that was always there. Mm -hmm. That was just being revealed. This deep peace and beauty and radiance. And I remember going back the following week, hoping that he was gonna do this practice again. And then eventually um, I started to practice with him. So his name was Rod Stryker, is not his name is Rod Stryker. And um, I started to practice and the way in which he was teaching at that time was a lot of yoga asana, but at the same time, the Shavasana portion where you normally would just lay down and kind of relax without any guidance was always a deep relaxation practice. Mm -hmm. And so eventually um, I got to understand after you know scouring the bookstores and talking to other people that this practice actually had a name and the name of this practice was Yoga Nidra. And that Yoga Nidra um, really translates to the yoga of sleep. And so we think about it a lot of times people are like, oh, it's just a yoga nap. And, and it's really much more than that. You know, it is a practice where we are asked to touch into this place within us that is always awake and aware and to allow that consciousness to weave through the practice as we transition from the waking state to the dreaming state, to the deep sleep state, and then to this portal that leads to this place that is a place of no thought and a place of non-doing. Mm -hmm. And that's a place that can't really be described, but you know that you've been somewhere very deep when you come back. You know, like, have you ever gone to sleep or taken a nap? And then you wake up and you're like, whoa, that was really deep. I don't even remember anything. I don't even know where yeah. I was, but I know I feel really rested, like rested in the bones. Mm -hmm. That's the place that yoga nidra allows us to visit. And to also then the fragrance that comes back with that is that we're rested and that we remember our radiance. And we remember that there's a place within us that's still eternal and beautiful. 
Um, and really, I feel like it is the medicine that is needed right now because we need to remember that. You know, when I'm getting in my car as a as a black woman that has a shaved head and looks like a man or a boy from the back, I, there's a tension, just as you were saying, is when you're driving to Starbucks, there's a tension that that is there. We need to have a tool that is a place where we can release and let go of that to remember who we really are. That is so beautiful, Tracy. And gosh, my mind, just as you're speaking, so many things. Um, one, when you describe uh, the process of going through the different states of consciousness, but even more so connecting with that aspect of ourselves that's always awake and aware, um, that really struck me. Because, you know, those beautiful meditations, sometimes you have these experiences that you can't quite articulate, but it's almost like you get to experience this different expression of yourself, right? Um, but another thing um, that you said with the deep sleep that we have, or sometimes you're like, wow, I didn't realize how tired I was. And I was thinking about the difference in what I read in your book versus say, if I was so exhausted, you know, I was so exhausted. At the end of the day, I just hit the bed and I'm out. But then with this practice, there's this beautiful, a lot of intention that goes around it. And you even recommend, um, you know, practicing, not necessarily when you're tired, so that you can remain awake and aware and touch into these other aspects of yourself. So um, I do want to talk to you a little more about that, because that that's just what I love so much, um, <laughs> these types of experiences of getting to know these aspects of ourselves that we may not otherwise um, tap into. But I have to let you know, um, with what you shared as well, when I, I did yoga teacher training, Hatha yoga teacher training about 10 years ago. And one of the things that was so fascinating to me is every Friday night, they had a restorative yoga class. And it was basically people come and lay down. I mean, they lay down, they would play crystal bowls, and you would do minimal movement. But the class was packed every week. I mean, the class was overflowing. And I remember thinking, I can't believe people are coming to pay to relax. People are literally coming in this room just to have permission to relax. And so I thought of that when reading your book as well. And I had completely forgotten about that. But can you talk a little bit about um, that, that like permission that we need? And I remember in the book, you mentioned about how some people were uncomfortable to relax. We don't feel like we're allowed to relax, or we may be afraid to relax. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that we can all um, relate to the feeling that it's not safe in some way mm -hmm. to relax. Because the world, first of all, tells you that you need to be productive. So that's right. just on the basic level. The world is saying you, your worth is in your productivity. Your worth is in what you can show me you did today or what you can tell me you did today. Right. Okay. And so there's, that's the first layer. Um, and then, you know, if you happen to be a person who's in a black or Brown body, you know, you seeing somebody resting, that's considered to be lazy. Right. Right. And then we can think about, and, and there are people 
who can probably pontificate about this, um, about why that is right. Like how does, how, how does culture start to say you're lazy, right? Because we were brought to this country. Many of our relatives and ancestors were brought to this country to work, right? Right. To produce. And so that lives in ourselves that lives in our DNA. And if you were caught resting, it could have meant your life. Right. Right. So there's also this idea that we're disconnected from the cycles of nature at the very basic, you know, it's like, as soon as the light bulb was invented, all of a sudden we were not waking up with the sun and we were not going to sleep with the sun, you know, as the sun was setting, we were extending our work day. Um, And once we lost that connection, we also started to lose connection with um, a lot of people started to lose connection with their indigenous practices which included things like rest. So, you know, it's, to me, I feel like this is a reclaiming, mm-hmm. you know, there are teachers um, like Trisha Hershey who, from the NAP ministry, who is talking about this and, and writing about this and, you know, creating uh, installations to, sh- to really be in the face to say, Hey, here, you know, wake up. This is, this is what, this is what we deserve. Um, there are teachers like Gail Parker, um, who have written about restorative yoga and race-based trauma. Um, and this is not an accident that this is all happening seemingly and in a similar time. It's like, we, we are getting the message that we need to rest and the fact that the pandemic came along and created this horrific situation, as well as I'm going to say a global sadhana where it actually forced every single person to pause that we got to, if we were really looking examine, Oh, wait a second. I actually feel really tired. I didn't realize how tired I was. And in that, also then realizing what is my relationship to rest? Because now maybe if I'm privileged enough, I have a little bit of extra time to rest, but I have this thing in my mind that's telling me I need to be extra productive. So now since I'm re- since I have extra time, I'm going to fill it with more things. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you bring that up because I um, made a note of this. You spoke about this in the book, um, the section under tapas and change. And you were talking about how COVID and, you know, what we've gone through did actually force us out of a lot of habits because for so many of us, it is, it's an idea. It's our conditioning. It's our, you know, just like you even mentioned, I mean, some of it is just what has been passed down and is literally stored in our DNA that we think we can't function outside of the ways that we currently do. And then here comes this, um, event that forced us literally out of what was familiar and comfortable. And a lot of ways, you know, I think everyone handled it differently, of course, but it was very unnerving for a lot of people to be forced out of whatever their patterns and their cycles were. 
But to your point, it was like, okay, so but what do we do with this now? Right. And I don't think um, rest would come to mind for so many of us exactly because of what you shared. And it makes me think of, and I want to ask you about this. Uh, you mentioned in the book how this state of our um, sleep, but also being more um, passive and receptive, how this really connects to divine mother or even goddess energy. So could you talk a little bit about that? Like how this, this ability that we have to go into these deep states of rest and just want to highlight again, not necessarily sleep in the way that we understand it, but how does this reflect and help us cultivate even a relationship with divine mother? Mm. Yeah. So let me pull on the thread of sleep as we understand it. Okay. When you were in this, the practice of yoga nidra, and you've been guided to relax your body and to observe your breath and to maybe count backwards and allow the earth to hold you. That's your first kind of touch in to divine mother, right? It has nothing to do with you being any gender or non-binary. The energy of the divine mother is just this receptive, nurturing energy that is represented in the energy and the resonance of the earth itself. So you don't even have to personify this idea of divine mother because we all have mothers and we know that our mothers may not be perfect, right? right? But the earth is our oldest ancestor. The earth is the place where all of our ancestors' footprints have been felt, right? And so if we can connect into this energy of the earth that is abundant, that is giving, that is unconditional, that is loving, and that is there to receive us, we start with our own breath by realizing that when we allow our body to inhale and to really receive an inhale. So it's not like we're forcing the inhale. We're actually surrendering the body and saying, breathe me. And then when I'm being breathed, I can feel underneath me that the earth is just rising up. It's rising up to greet my body. And as I release and exhale, I can soften just a little. I can soften some of the edges and hard places. And in that, I may even have a realization of what the holding, what that pattern of holding is. And so that to me is the opening um, very simply to relationship with divine mother. And then if you would like to take that a little further, you can bring your practice outside into nature because nature is the teacher and the practice is the teacher. So we just bring ourselves into these environments where we can receive. And as we do that, we allow our physical body to fall asleep. We allow our mind to fall asleep in the safety of that embrace of the mother. Mm -hmm. 
And while we're in this space of physical body asleep, mind asleep, that thread of awareness continues to weave through all of the states of consciousness, weaving through the energetic and subtle body, weaving through the stages of sleep and being aware of the transitions between each and every one of them, because that's where the portal to awakening is. And it's really just like when we do that practice and we commit to that practice as a devoted practice, when we're in the waking state, we begin to have this amplified awareness of everything around us from energy to frequency to the transitions that happen just even between the breaths or the moments even in conversation when I see your body relax back into the chair or I notice that your breath is changing or you notice something about me because you've been doing yoga nidra and it's, it, it creates this, this ability for us to wake up to the fullness of our life. That is beautiful. And, you know, hearing you speak about it too. And it's funny because I'm like, I got this from the book as well, but it really just struck me with what you've shared this piece that we start to, or that we can cultivate with just being, just being with ourselves. And as simple as that sounds, it can be very challenging for us for like, you know, we could talk for 10 hours about <laughs> why it would be, but just thinking about what would open up for us simply by focusing on giving time and attention to coming into peace and this deeper level of relationship with ourselves that, you know, most of us, I mean, even culturally, we weren't taught to do this. It's not even something you really necessarily would consider or talk about. But now um, having these spaces and this book again, I mean, well, I want to talk about because um, I did one of your guided journeys <laughs> earlier today. But I love that you also emphasize practice being a teacher because that's something I believe in wholeheartedly. Like, yeah, we can go to the classes. We can hear about these things. We can intellectualize all of it and it's great. But to actually make the time to um, carve out time for ourselves is huge. And that's what's going to teach us like that direct experience. That's what really, really makes it make sense, but puts us beyond what we may be able to articulate. So with that, I wanted to um, ask you about that because a lot of people do feel like they don't have the time and we can't necessarily just all say, oh, you know what, I'm going to change my habits today, right? It's easier than it sounds. But you do talk about in the book, um, Householders Practice. And at the start of that chapter, you wrote this Householders Prayer and it was so beautiful but the very last lines of it, um, where you said, everything is an offering. My life is a sacred ritual. It just, it struck me so much. I was like, gosh, this is, I'm going to hang that whole prayer on my wall, put it on my altar. But mm -hmm. so I wanted to ask if you can share with people who do wonder, like, where on earth am I going to fit in time to rest when I barely have time to sleep at night? And um, could you talk about what this section is about, what this means? Um, 
yeah if you could just yeah. share that with us yeah thank you so you know it was really important for me to um have this chapter in the book because i have so many people that come to classes or that write me or that give me feedback and say, you know, I have five kids, I've got this job, I've got this other thing. I can't, I, I really want to practice, but I can't practice every day. Mm-hmm. And somehow, you know, we have been sold this idea that yoga is this practice that you go to a place where you have a 90 minutes set aside to roll out your yoga mat and that that's the yoga practice. And that if you are not doing that every day, or at least, you know, three, four times a week, that somehow you're not really doing yoga. And so it sends the message that if that is not your life, that you can just split over and, you know, do yoga for an hour and a half, that it, that yoga is not for you. And the thing is, is that we forget that, and sometimes maybe even never taught that yoga is a state of being. You know, there are the yamas and the niyamas that are these ways of living ethically and living an aware, awake life that have literally nothing to do with any kind of pose, right? It's really about how, how you live. And so for me, I really wanted to be able to offer little tips that people can incorporate in their day. So that just in the same way that we are weaving awareness through the actual practice of yoga nidra, as we move through the states of consciousness, that we are also weaving awareness to be able to take moments, whether it's one minute or three minutes, to be able to bring that into your life. Because we have a lot of distractions, right? And we can look at what are some of the distractions that I can eliminate so that I can actually have these three minutes of peace? You know, because a lot of times when we have extra time, the first thing we do is we look to see how many emails do we have or, you know, whatever's happening on Instagram, which is not necessarily useful. So if we can just, you know, close our eyes and we can kind of do it now, And as you close your eyes, you're already starting to bring your awareness away from the external world and into the internal. You may already start to feel as though your body is feeling a little heavier. And then you can just become aware that this body is breathing. And just let go of controlling the breath and just feel the breath as it moves in the belly. So you just feel the navel rise as the body inhales and fall as the body exhales. And you allow the breath to feel smooth and even. And you just scan from the top of the head to the tip of the toes as you continue to watch 
the belly rise and fall. And just soften the places that feel constricted, like maybe the jaw, the temples, the shoulders, the belly, the hips, the legs, the feet. And then when you feel ready, just come back and open your eyes. <laughs> uh, you know, what is so amazing about that, Tracy, is how quickly we can come into that state of peace. And um, a couple of things. One, I just want to say uh, within the book, you do include uh, different practices that we can all experience for ourselves. And you also have um, a link for us to go to for guided journeys to assist us in these practices. And your voice is so calming, grounding, soothing. I mean, you can tell just from the way that you speak, let alone the guided journey part, but that in of itself is very soothing. But I just want to highlight for people, um, because as soon as you started that guidance, I felt myself just collapsing in and I, it came to mind that, you know, it's an easy thing for me now because it was a consistent practice because I meditate daily and these types of things. And so I just want to emphasize, and it's something I mentioned on the podcast a lot, how important it is to be diligent in these practices and these things that matter to us. And to your point, I'm so glad you include this section in the book for people to know that it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. It can be whatever time that you have. But the point is that you just show up. <laughs> you just mm -hmm. direct your attention to that time in space for you. So I really want to thank you for um, highlighting that for us because it tends to be one of the number one excuses we can give is that I just, I can't do it. I don't have the time. Yeah. You, you have to make the choice to devote yourself to yourself. And, you know, you can take that simple less than two and a half minute practice that we just did and just remember it. And when you're in the car dropping off your kids or you're in the supermarket line, you can literally be doing that in the middle of your staff meeting. Right. No, you know, keep your eyes open and just focusing on the breath, relaxing the body. No one will even know what you're doing. So there, there are, and then you'll start to see the more you say, okay, I'm going to devote myself to finding just one time that I can do this in the day for two minutes. You'll start to notice other windows starting to open. You'll start to notice other transitional moments where it's like, oh, this person is late for their call. I have two minutes where I can do this, or my, my baby just fell asleep in my arms. I have two minutes or three minutes where I can do this while I'm holding them. So things will start to awaken in your life when you just make the decision that you are going to devote yourself um, 
to really more self-love and self-care. Yeah. And it really is something I think that we start to crave it. I mean, we start to really have a deep appreciation for those spaces that we create. And we, I think the beauty of it all is you just start to recognize the difference in relationship with you, which again, can be something we could talk about for 10 hours, but I can't keep you all day. But I do want to point out and um, for people that are curious about learning how to go deeper into these practices. In your book, Radiant Rest, you do provide ways that we can practice at home. You even have some illustrations and a section about creating our own nest so we can have sacred space around this, um, especially if we wanna go beyond um, just the aspects of infusing it within our day, which is beautiful as well. But you also have events and you teach and people can actually come and work with you. I saw on your site, you have some upcoming events. Um, I see that there's one coming up on May 8th. And Mm. um, I just wanted to ask if you could share that a little bit about that with us people who are like, okay, what is this rest thing? I am ready. Sign me up. I need it, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) What can Uh... we expect at the events with you? And more specifically, even the one that's upcoming on the 8th. Yeah, the workshop with CIIS that's coming up on the 8th um, is really an introduction to Radiant Rest. So we will be kind of um, doing some un- some self-inquiry practices to unpack what is our relationship with rest, mm-hmm. right? What is the real relationship and what do we need to shift in order to be able to reclaim our relationship with rest? Um, we'll be working with um, circles of protection and how to create those. Um, And then we'll be doing a couple of uh, yoga nidra practices that I'm hoping people will be able to take on as a sadhana consistently devoted to that uh, for a period of time. Um, And so what you can expect is really being in community, um, allowing yourselves to learn tools of restful listening because those, that is really important um, to get some deep breaths, learn how to set up your, your nest, your rest nest, your yoga nidra nest, um, and learning some simple tools that you can take with you. Um, so you can see those on my website and on my website, there's actually some links to some free classes that I've already done where you can go in and look at the, um, the video. So you can actually just right away, once you get to my website, just be resting within the next (laughs) couple of minutes. (laughs) That's beautiful. And so I wanted to ask you as well, um, just for people who may be wondering, I mean, you know, can't assume it's obvious. Can you just tell us a few of the benefits before you go things that, you know, people that you've worked with, what people have shared the changes that they may have experienced after coming into this practice? Well, the, you know, they are varied and very profound. Um, I have had students and friends who have committed and devoted themselves to this practice that have realized their purpose in life. Um, They have uncovered uh, limiting beliefs and the sources of those limiting beliefs. They have um, felt the presence or seen uh, the, the presence of a loved one who passed away. Um, they have received messages from their ancestors. 
there, there's a lot of things that this, this practice is a portal into, um, another realm that we don't have awareness of in the waking state, right? right? At its deepest level, um, for people who are not interested in connecting with their ancestors, it is a practice of deep, deep rest. You know, there it's been said, and I have not been able to find scientific proof of this, but it has been said in spiritual teachings that practicing yoga nidra for 35 minutes is the equivalent of three hours of sleep. Yeah. So, you know, there's deep rest, there's clarity that comes because the mind just gets to release and let go of all the machinations that we're used to. Um, There's so many beautiful things that can happen um, in this practice, even if you just do it for the first time, you Mm -hmm. know? So one of my um, things that I really consider to be part of the practice that I've included in the book is this practice of self-inquiry or free writing right after practice so that you can actually retain the wisdom and the clarity that comes in that transitional space, that liminal space between the sleeping and the waking where everything is super crystal clear. Yeah. You know, you ask, ask some beautiful questions in the book, speaking of the self-inquiry, um, there's some, I, you know, looking at some of the questions, I was like, huh, never even really thought about that. And just that moment of self-reflection of itself is uh, very, very huge. But I, just want to point out I mean that's imagine I mean you would think like of course if we were more rested if we were less stressed if we were carrying like less tension in the body of course the mind would become more clear yes we may become more receptive more intuitive more creative more inspired more so many things that I think we don't necessarily consider how deeply we're affected by lack of rest or by the stress and tension that we're carrying. And so hopefully people will um, come and learn more about your work. Definitely, I would recommend this book. Side note, the cover is gorgeous. Mm, <laughs> this book thank is you. so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so it's called Radiant Rest. And again, we are with Tracy Stanley. And I just wanna let everyone know the links, of course, to connect with you and your work will be in the show description. But just so they know to spell your name is T-R-A-C-E-E. Stanley. So Tracy, I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing your work with us today. And I look forward to working with you soon and coming to some of your events. Thank you so much, Yolanda. It is an honor to be here with you. Thank you for all the beautiful work you are doing in the world, just spreading joy, love, and wisdom. It's such an important time to be doing this work. So thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you, love. And we will see you all soon. Bye for now. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that episode and that conversation with Tracy. Hopefully you learned some things and feel a little inspired and ready to allow yourself, give yourself permission to rest more deeply and um, more intentionally. So again, her book is called Radiant Rest, and you can learn more about her work by visiting radiantrest.com. And she has an upcoming event on May 8th, and it's virtual. So if you would like to attend, you can also find information about that on her website at radiantrest.com. 
I also want to thank you all again so much for showing up, for being here, for the return of Reiki Radio. Um, most of the people that I work with, you know, um, I do work with the Alchemy Circle, and they have all been <laughs> still working with me in my absence from the podcast. However, uh, for those of you who didn't know, I was on the East Coast for seven months, and so it feels good to be back in California. It feels good to be back here with you. And I look forward to sharing more episodes with you as we journey forward. So I hope you all are having a beautiful day. Be sure to check out Radiant Rest and remember to always journey in love.